lives. Thank you, Lord, that we trust you to be God, to be good, to be the thing that only you can be in our lives. Hallelujah. Bless your name, Father, in Jesus' name. Now say this with me. Heavenly Father, your word says, if I lack wisdom, I should ask you in faith without wavering and that you would give it liberally without fault finding. I ask now for that wisdom and I believe that I receive it. And I say with my Lord Jesus that I must be about my father's business. Thank you for giving me your insight into my kingdom success. In Jesus' name, I pray expecting. Amen. Now say this with me. I am a believer of the word of God. I am an epistle of the spirit of God. I am a disciple of my man of God. I am a finder of the destiny path of God for my life. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. In Jesus' name, we just want to speak greetings on those of you that are joining with us online on Facebook or on YouTube. We just want you to know that we appreciate your participation in our ministry assignment. We don't take it lightly. This is something that God gave us to do, but, you know, people don't have to connect with you and partner with you. And so partnership is a partnership is a is a really important thing. And so we just want you to know that uh, that we appreciate your presence in the house. We appreciate you being um, here with us and, and engaging with us online. Um, we'll share with you some things at the end that you'll have a chance to both contribute um, to the word and help us to send this ministry forth and uh, ways that you can know what else is coming up for at Destiny Generation Church. Amen? All right. So our series is on engaging increase, engaging increase through intercessory prayer, engaging increase through intercessory prayer. So uh, last week at the end, I, um, I, I pulled out um, a specific passage in the book of James, as we ended on the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That's the King James version. Um, I'm, you know, I'm new King James, but my memory, I studied scriptures in King James. So every once in a while, I have to use the availeth. Okay. It just, it's just, it's okay. It's okay. All right. I'm not saying like, you know, it's got to be King James or it's not God. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I learned them in King James. So. All right, um, so we're going to continue on, and I'm, I really want to break apart that passage of Scripture in James because there's a lot of key, key insights that you can get from the James passage on prayer, and it all seems like they're saying the same thing, but they're really not, okay? And so we're going to break some of that down. All right, four objectives that we have for this series. Number one, to illuminate the authority of the believer— and the power of partnership with the Heavenly Father through prayer. You have an authority 
as a person who is righteous and right with God. And he's expecting you to utilize that authority and partner with him to get his will accomplished in the earth through your prayer life. Number two, to identify ranks, regions, realms, and regimens of prayer that bring God's will to pass in the earth. We're going to talk about your rank as a believer, and then we're going to also talk to you today about people who have a higher rank and helping and how those people can use their authority in your life spiritually to help you in places that you can't help yourself. And then we're going to talk about regions. We're going to give an example of a person whose personal prayer life and call to ministry God used to make an effect in their region because of their prayer, right? And then we're going to talk about the realms of prayer, that there's things that I do in the natural realm that causes spiritual things to happen. And then we're going to talk about the regimens of prayer, that there is some, some of this stuff, um, you just going to have to be disciplined and, and do it, and you're going to have to put your energy into it. Three, to invoke the wisdom, willingness, and work ethic to prevail in warfare prayer that overcomes darkness with the kingdom of light, and to four, to invite Destiny Generation Church into the birthing position as we intercede for God to move on our region with revival. Exodus, excuse me, not Exodus, I'm sorry, Ezekiel 22 and verse 30. Ezekiel 22 and verse 30 says, and this has been one of our core scriptures uh, for this series, and I'm going to start there. So I saw for a man among them, among them, who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. So God, when he sees a situation in a community in um, a community in challenge, he's always looking for somebody from that community to pray for that community. Okay. So um, I'm all for people sending help from the outside, but I'm here. And I want people to listen, listen, listen. I want people to come and partner with us. I want people to come from the outside and help. Okay. I do. I do. I mean, let's just be clear about that. I don't want people to don't hear what I didn't say. But when God is looking to do something in that community, he looks first for somebody from that community, someone among them who could pray for that community. Now, God will send people from the outside. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying some people aren't sent places. But listen, I was born and raised here, and I'm sent to Flint. So my prayer life has power here because this is, this is my assignment. And you have to have a sense of that, all right? Now, let's look at James chapter 5. I'm going to read verses 13, and then I'm going to read down to verse 18. Is any among, anyone among you suffering? King James says, afflicted. Let him pray. Is any cheerful or merry? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Then verse 16 says, confess your trespasses or your faults to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. 
The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the earth or on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Ephesians 6.18, I'm reading this one out of the Amplified Bible, and it says, prayer, I'll read it there, with all prayer and petition, praying with specific requests at all times, on every occasion, and in every season in the spirit, and with this in view, staying alert with all perseverance and petition, interceding in prayer for all God's people. So this um, there, this passage of scripture, and we were talking about this in our foundations class, just doing some review, right? We kind of closing that up and um, preparing for to get ready for our next round. Just want to get everybody through, make sure we get all your, your documentation in so I can give you all your tests and give you a certificate and stuff. But we just went through that piece that talked about prayer, and there was a listing of many different types of prayer. And we gave the example that um, I can use a screw with a hammer. But just because I can doesn't mean that's the most effective way to use it. It has a specific tool that it was designed for. And so sometimes I'm taking prayer and I'm trying to make everything work the same kind of way. Right? Um, I tell people, listen, when you pray in the area of finances, um, like you could, you could be at home and get your healing by yourself. Don't mean you, you it's okay to call for people. We just read that if you need help in the area of healing, call for elders and so on. You know, but it, if you're going to get your financial breakthrough, people are going to have to be involved because money has to flow. Now, money can fall out of heaven, but it doesn't usually happen that way. Usually there's people involved in the financial area. All right. So we just want to make sure that when we are applying prayer, we don't just take one prayer that's our favorite style and apply that to everything. Some people want to cast the devil out their car. You just need some maintenance. I mean, <laughs> get that oil changed. Don't cast the devil out. Get the oil changed. Okay, they apply them. Now, now, it doesn't mean that there isn't a prayer for the devil. I'm not saying there's not. I'm just saying don't apply it all over the place and then wondering why stuff ain't working. All right. Luke chapter 6, verse 12 says, Now it came to pass in those days that he, speaking of Jesus, went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Luke 22, verse 44, talking about Jesus and being in agony. He prayed more earnestly. The worst situation, God, he didn't do less prayer. He prayed more. When he started feeling some kind of way, you understand that terminology? He didn't pray less. He prayed more. He got more specific in prayer, not less specific in prayer as his situation got more difficult. Then he's, his sweat became like great, great drops of blood 
falling down to the ground. All right. So we've, we've given you our prophetic impressions, and then one of them we gave you about prayer and intercession that I want to just re- review. Prayers of intercession and spiritual warfare will be necessary to reap the harvest of souls, earnestly contend for the saints, for souls to be brought into this faith, withstand the onslaught of wickedness in our days. As you call out your loved ones before God, he will move on their lives. Your prayer is really important. You've got to recognize that part of the seed that produces the harvest of God, of God's um, will being done in, in, in lives of, of uh, people that you love and, and are concerned about is your prayer. Your prayer has a lot to do with it. Praying with all kinds of prayer for all the saints, praying and watching, having perseverance, that means stick to it. That means if it didn't work one time, you don't stop. Perseverance says, I'm going to just keep on praying until. Yeah. Some things don't move just at that one, God bless them. All right? So we're going to talk about um, the perspective and principle of prayer, right? We've talked to you about prayer, and I've given you different definitions. And so I just want to go past a little bit of that today. Um, and talk to you about this, this passage in James, because that's really what I really want to deal into today. The book of James was written by Jesus' younger brother. That book was written to a church that was in trouble. They were a church, even though they were spiritually alive in Jesus Christ, their souls and their bodies were causing problems. The scripture says, tells us that first of all, James was written to a church that had been scattered abroad from their local assembly in Jerusalem. He starts out by telling them to be joyous in tribulation because they were sad. He addresses their lack of wisdom, telling them if they lack wisdom, ask God for it. He deals with them being double-minded, meaning one day they say, I got it. The other day, I don't know how I'm going to make it. The poor brothers in the congregation were feeling inferior, and the people that were richer were feeling superior. Some were blaming God for their temptations. Some were swift to speak, slow to hear, and quick to wrath, instead of being slow to speak, quick to hear, and slow to wrath. Some kept hearing the word but never doing it. Others respected rich visitors that came to the church but mistreated the people that came in that they didn't think had a big offering to give. Some kept saying that they had faith but never put their actions where their mouth was. Others were not really saved but wanted to do charity works like, you know, the United Way and the Red Cross, giving to the poor, accounting that their good works would get them in with God. There were those who brought their worldly ambition into the church, wanting to be ministers so that they could be large and in charge when they weren't called and didn't even understand the gravity of what it took to walk in that calling. 
Some of the brothers had foul mouth problems. They were cussing Christians, but still considered themselves good saints. Others were filled with strife in their hearts and lust in their bodies that caused them to have small wars in the church. Some prayed, but their prayers were based on their lust, so they went un unanswered. Some were filled with pride, therefore they had no power to resist the devil. Others were judgmental of their brothers, speaking evil of them. Some thought that they were Christian businessmen, but they were just businessmen that wanted Christ to bless their business. They said, I will go buy and sell and get gain. Some had heard the message of supernatural wealth transfer, believing that God, believing God to make right all the wrongs that had happened to them in their workplace and in the marketplace, but they had grown impatient. Others had problems keeping their word, therefore their name was no good. Sounds like that this is a rough place to be a pastor and to have a church. <laughs> yeah, my, my congregation don't seem all that bad when I understand what James had to deal with. I'm just saying. The Apostle James then deals with those issues, but then he picks up with the three-part prayer prescription. Is there any among you suffering? Let him pray. If he's merry, let him sing psalms. He says, is there anyone going through hardship? Notice that this word here for hardships that's talked about isn't talking about physical issues. Because the next verse says, are you sick? That's dealing with your physical body. So when it's talking about hardship, it's not even talking about your body. It's talking about situations that are so stressing you that your mind is, have, is having difficulty stressing through the, the, the issues that you face. Can we talk about it? Some stuff gets on your mind so much it starts to affect your body. Yeah. Some stuff, it weighs on you. Some problems that you deal with, your mind, it, it literally affects your health because you feel the weight of that situation on you. So he says, literally is talking here, if you read the word and, and break it apart, it's talking about mental issues, illnesses, and stresses. And what it says is, if you're dealing with these kinds of sufferings, hardships that are heavily weighing on you, that are mental in nature, let him pray. Um. Now, there are, in this whole passage of Scripture, several Greek words to de describe prayer. So we want to make sure we understand each one and what it means so that we understand the type of prayer it's talking about in each situation. All right? Now, in verse 16, when it says, you know, confess your faults one to another, pray one for another, that word is the word ekoumai, right? We'll show you that definition. 
for prayer on the screen. This word simply means prayer that is a wish, a simple petition that's placed in front of God. It's like um, I'm praying for my brother. You know, I get up in the morning and um, and I just say, God, uh, bless, bless my church. It's a simple prayer. And then I'll actually take time and I try to as much as I can. The congregation is is uh, small enough that I can do it right now, and I can remember, at least remember most of your faces and names. And I try to, on some cadence, as your pastor, just try to hit everybody, make sure I hit every household. I'm trying to make sure I touch everybody. And then, you know, on another cadence, I'll go through the prayer list that you've given me, and I try to pray over them, lay my hands on them. But all of them, I'm not like, you know, I'm just praying and then I'm moving on. I'm just calling out your name in front of God and I'm moving on. That's what this is describing. That's what it says when it says, confess your fault one to another, pray one for another. That's not what it's talking about in verse 13 when it says, are you in a hardship? It's not saying throw up a simple prayer. God bless this situation and move on. That's not the same word. All right. So what's this word? This word is prosekumai. Let's let's look at that one. It takes that simple word of prayer, but yes, and then it, it puts a pro in front of it that, that gives the significance of you launching that prayer to God. In other words, this prayer, uh, when you get in a tight situation, then you got to get down there and launch your prayer to God. When Jesus was in agony, this is the word it used, he prayed, he launched his prayer more earnestly. So when I'm in a difficult situation, that's not the time for me to punk out, cop out, walk out, do all of them outs. That's the time for me to pray. Is there any afflicted among you? Let him pray. All right. You know, uh, I'm an engineer by training in physics. Momentum is described as mass, a weight, times velocity. Right? So you could throw a ball at a speed, and then you could get a big truck moving at that same speed. That big truck, because it has more mass, will have more momentum. Got it? They're both moving at the same speed, but one of them got a big weight behind it. Okay? You know, in, in Revelation 5 and 8, it talks about the prayers of the saints. It says that your prayers in heaven go up like an incense, like a smoky presence to God. And so... I give incense to God for each one of you. God, just, I just remember your household. I try to look at everybody's faces. God, did I remember everybody? Okay, 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 okay. Man, oh, man, man, I, I think I hit everybody. No, I see Tony's face, so I'm going to pray for Tony. I see Brother Mike's face, and I just try to remember situations, and that's like my incense going up before God. And the Scripture tells us in the book of Revelation that the angels and the elders offer this incense up before God, and it comes up in front of his presence. 
But when I get in trouble, imagine that incense is going up and the angels are there. I'm turning my back because God is the one on the throne. And the angels and the elders are there offering up this incense. And all these prayers are coming in front of God. Bless Apostle and Pastor Butler and the Jarrett's and the Davises and the Hatters and all of this. And then all of a sudden, but I'm in trouble. So in my sanctified imagination, in heaven, sirens start to going off. Warning, 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 warning. And then the angel ducks as my prayer goes, bam! Because I'm in trouble. So now, now I'm, putting some, I'm putting some mass in my prayer. I got my stuff is starting to hit heaven. It's landing like a missile because I'm in trouble. I'm praying. I'm launching my prayer when I'm in trouble. When I'm in hardship, I'm not just trying to do a quick prayer and move on. No, I'm going to stay here for a minute. The problem ain't moving quick, so I'm not moving quick. Jesus stayed there and prayed more earnestly. Other people was falling asleep, but Jesus said, no, no, I got to get through this thing. I'm launching my prayers. It's going to hit heaven now. All right. It has within it, this word about prayer has a similar kind of sensibility to the word prosecute. Think about the fact that you have a case against an enemy, an adversary, that you are taking to heaven's court. It's the picture of the widow in Luke 18 who came before the judge every day asking vengeance for her enemy, against her enemy. Sometimes we do just the opposite. When we get in difficult situations, we get mad at God. And then instead of uh, launching our prayer to him, we get mad at him. That's not how you get your case through heaven's court. Getting mad at the judge won't help you. God, where you at? Now, see, none of y'all done done that. God, what's up? No, 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 that's, that's not prayer. That's complaining. That's not going to get your case through. All right? Luke 20, excuse me, Isaiah 42, 22. Sometimes people don't go to God and get deep in their prayer. Luke 20, excuse me, Isaiah 42 and 22 says, but this is a people robbed and plundered. All of them are snared in holes and they are hidden in prison houses. They are for a prey and no one deliver for plunder and no one says restore. God, when I'm in a situation and stuff been taken from me, then we should be crying out for God to restore. Listen, our whole city has stuff taken from it. Now, I believe we should get legal representation and go to earth's court. But I'm also believing that behind everything, there is a devil, and I'm going to heaven's court and say, Lord, I, I need our whole community to be turned around. It says that people were going through these situations and nobody was taking the time to pray and ask God to restore. Yeah. So I want to make sure that I go in court right. Remember Cornelius in Acts 10, the angel said his prayers and his giving had come up as a memorial in front of God. 
Jacob in Genesis saw the house of God, Bethel, the place where angels ascended. They went up first and then came down. So my prayers go up. Angels go up and come down when I pray. In the book of Daniel, Gabriel said, Daniel, we have come to you because of your words. Your words went up and angels came down to help you. Right, so this thing about prayer is that important. All right? Now we go on to verse 14 where it says, is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. In verse 14, the apostle James describes a situation that is so severe that a person's faith is not sufficiently established to receive his healing from God. So James says, hey, man, when you get in trouble like that, call for reinforcements. Don't mean you can't pray. Don't mean you don't got a prayer life. Don't mean none of that. But if, if you're not getting all your healing by yourself, get some help. Get some help. Now, there is a warning here. This type, for this type of prayer to work, you have to have already sown honor into elders before the battle hits. The elders don't come until you call them. Not just call them to your house, but recognize their rank over you and submit to it. So I was telling the saints, I was like, listen, I was telling them a, a story in foundations class about me having a discussion this week. Um, with, with my bishop, Bishop Thompson, and he challenged some things I was thinking and was working through with stuff. I want to have people in my life that I answer to. That's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. Nobody hurt my feelings because he told me something I didn't want to hear. Right? Sometimes people, I, I, I don't want nobody to know my business. Well, then handle your own business. But some of that business you're not going to handle by yourself. And then people think that they got a one-way mirror. You see up in other people's house, you think nobody can't see into yours? They think it's a one-way mirror like at the store. I can see their stuff ain't working. Oh, you can see somebody else's stuff where ain't working, but you think nobody can see your stuff. I'm just saying, man, it's not a one-way mirror. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> my thing is, if I get it right, whatever you see is going to be right. I can play like I got it right, or I can do what it takes to get it right, then I ain't playing no more. Yeah, get some reinforcements. All right, so I got to recognize rank. If you disrespect the pastors and the elders of the assembly, when you need that blessing from them, you won't be able to receive it. All right. And if you float from church to church, I call them Christian fairies. If they float from church to church, when you get in trouble, who you going to call? Nobody know you. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, the Lord ain't told me to do this, but one of my brothers told me like after a certain number of weeks, he sends a letter to people. You must have found happiness elsewhere. We bless you as you go. And he said the reason he do that is because some of those people be gone for all of this time, ain't accountable to nobody, and then somebody die, and then they want to have the funeral at the church. And he's like, the Lord ain't told me to do that. I didn't say that that's what the Lord told me. I'm just telling you what he's telling, he told me. 
All right. I'm just saying some people don't want accountability, but want the benefits that go with being accountable. Any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Verse 15 lets me know that the blessing of honoring an elder is that, there's, that their prayer is able to save, that it's able to provide restoration to the blessed state, spirit, soul, and body. God also allows them to cover for places where I've missed the mark, even where I caused my own mess in the first place. Not all of them I did. But the scripture says, if he has committed sin that contributed to that sickness, even that will be forgiven him. Not all sickness is because you did something wrong. But some of it is we did wrong if we was really being honest with ourselves. Some of that stuff, you knew you was eating that stuff and you knew that was wrong. Doctor done told you. And then you asked the Lord, bless this food. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying. All right, that's why you need some elders. Get me out of this mess I got myself into. Then verse 16 is the one where it talks about confess your faults or your trespasses to one another and pray one for the pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now, this verse 16 is not that launching prayer. It's that simple incense prayer wish for my brother or my sister. Now, it's not the force of this prayer that causes it to work. It's the, it's the fact that you humbled yourself and confessed your sin. Ah, so the key to this one working is humility. Because some of us, you know, okay, God, First uh, John 1.9 says, uh, if I confess my sins, then you faithful and just to forgive me. So I'm confessing to you and moving on. Because, see, I don't see God. But if I see you and I tell you, then you're going to know my business. And I don't like you knowing my business. And so I'm, I'm trying to do First John 1.9, and the Holy Ghost is saying, go talk to brother so-and-so and tell him the problem. No, Lord, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do 1 John 1, 9. Now, God is telling you to do James 5, 16, and you telling God you're going to do 1 John 1, 9. Who's going to win? God, I don't want to pray. I don't want to confess to him. I'm a mature believer. And he's just a new saint. I know all the deep parts of the scripture. I know who is the beast and the signs and the mark of the beast and the antichrist, who them frogs are. And I know all of that deep stuff. This ain't the time to be deep. This is the time to be humble. God resists the proud. But he gives favor to the humble. If God is telling you that the answer to this kind of prayer is to be accountable, it's not going to move if you try to go at it some other kind of way. Now, after you done confessed, make sure that you don't stop until you pray. Because 
It's not just us to having a pity party with one another. I done seen sometimes, okay, I confess my thing to you. You're supposed to be praying, and then you just want to turn around and just, just you know, we want to cry in our beer together. I'm, I don't, I'm not for beer. I'm just trying to make an example. We just want to talk to each other and commiserate through our problems. No, 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 no. There's times we got to do that. But the thing that produces the healing is I confessed and you prayed for me. And then the healing manifests. Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that you may be healed. Confession, and, confession plus prayer equals healing. That's the equation. So if you're one of these people that don't like people in your business, you, that healing won't come to you. You better have some people. Better have somebody you can talk to. Better have somebody. Now, this prayer didn't say that they need to be an elder. That was a few verses back. So don't get in your pride if God tell you to tell somebody that just got saved your issue and had him pray for you when you think you can pray rings around them. Right? All right, if he's giving you somebody to talk to. I was reaching out to another pastor this week, and I was crying. Yeah, big, big tears, crying, crying this week, crying. Yeah, God's man of faith and power, crying. Got it? Hey, man, I knew I needed help. I'd rather be crying than be dying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I need, listen, your pastor know he need help. I'm going to get what I need. Because once I got it, then I won't need it no more. <clears throat> Part B of this says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. All right. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It's not enough for you just to be righteous. It's not enough for you just to be righteous. We talked about last week that the scepter of Jesus kingdom is a scepter of righteousness. That just like the king pointed the scepter at, at Esther, and then he answered her petitions up to half his kingdom. God, Jesus points the scepter at you and gives you a seat of authority with him in heavenly places. Remember, we talked about that. We walked you through those scriptures. But that doesn't do any good if you're not praying. And then this scripture tells us that there's a certain type of prayer that you must do. Let's, let's see that. The word there is a, a, for effectual fervent is the word intergale. Let's look at that word, the definition.
there's a definition before that one. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If he doesn't have it, then I'll just talk you through. <clears throat> All right. So let me talk you through that. <clears throat> the word, the word there for effectual fervent is the word energeo, where we get the word energy or energetic. So it's not just enough for me to pray. This scripture says that I have to put energy in my prayer. Now, I was praying one time, falling asleep, and the Lord said, if you fall asleep on your prayer, I am too. So this deals with the regimen of prayer. Sometimes when I'm in situations, I got to really be energetic about my praying. If, is it really moving you? Then let it move you to pray, and then put, that, put your passion into your prayer. Right? So energetic prayer is what's required. You have to love God with all your might. Now, the word here when it says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man is this word here that you see. Ah, okay. That's what I was looking for. Energetic prayer. Energale. Okay. So when it says fervent prayer, means it should be it should be energetic <clears throat> heaven should feel you praying that's what that says isn't it okay because sometimes you know and you know my bride likes to see some passion from her husband she don't want me just to be just all nonchalant and, I, and, I can, and, you know, sometimes she just needs to know that the brother really feel what he's saying to her. Well, heaven does too. That scripture says that even though you are a righteous person, you need to have energetic prayer if you're going to avail much in your situation. Some people think that just because they're righteous, it's supposed to move. But that's not what that said. It said that I need to have energy in my praying. All right? Now, it also uses a different word for prayer here. Um, and we have a definition for that one. And that word there talks about binding yourself to someone in prayer. Go ahead and show that other definition. Right? All right? So it, it's, it's to bind oneself to another with a petition. I have uh, a lot of employees, some people, the best meeting they ever had with me is the meeting they didn't have. They just like, listen, I just want to do my job. I want you to stay here. I stay there. We just keep it moving. <clears throat> Other people, I can't even walk in their space before they trying to grab me and pour their whole heart out to me about the problems they face on their job. Yeah, that's what this scripture is talking about. Listen, this issue is a big thing. God, hey, I know we talked about this yesterday, but I'm going to grab you, and we're going to talk about it again today. The effectual, fervent, energetic, 
Grabbing a hold to God, petitioning in prayer is a thing that causes things to avail much in your situation. Okay? So, if all you throwing up is wishes when you need to be grabbing him and energetically praying, don't be mad at God. I'm just saying, don't be mad. Don't be mad. You're going to have to spend some time on this stuff. All right? It's the picture of Jacob wrestling with an angel, not letting go till he got his blessing. Okay, so I'm going to hang on this one. You know, some stuff, some stuff moves. Some stuff you can throw the simple wish and it'll move. But if it's not moving, then you shouldn't be moved either. If it's not really just going away like that, then dig down into it until it moves. All right. So part of the benefits that you have as a righteous person, a person who Jesus has pointed the scepter at is that you can energetically bind yourself to God in prayer and produce things that avail much in your situation. Now, verse 17 tells us, that Elijah is the case study for effective prayer. Elijah was somebody like us. It says he start he start he starts with a comforting word. Elijah had what it what it says homeopathies, similar pathologies. You know, pathologies is the study of diseases. Okay. Elijah had similar passions. What kind of passions? All that stuff he had talked about in the book of James. And they had a bunch of stuff going on. He had similar passions like you and me. Just like Almond Joy. Some days he felt like a nut. Some days he didn't. Right? He had similar problems like you and me, but he prayed. So when I'm in situations, those situations don't determine my outcome. It's what I do with those situations in terms of my praying. He wasn't superhuman. He felt, Elijah felt all the craziness in his flesh and his mind that you and I do. Yet he knew how to pray. His prayer life made him the regional authority. His prayer life, watch this, because we're talking about raising up a light that changes an area. His prayer life made him the authority in that region. He said, it's not going to rain here until I say so. He stood up in front of the king like the weatherman and said, there is a 0% chance of precipitation until I come back and tell you it's going to rain again. He did that based on praying. Now, this scripture says he prayed earnestly. It literally, prayed earnestly is a, it's kind of a poor translation. It, it literally describes, it literally says he prayed inside of his prayer. It's like, 
it's like um, a runner who hits a wall and go, gets past that and gets a second win. So he was already praying. He was about to hit the wall. He broke through and he hit a, another wind in his prayer. <clears throat> right? It's like it's like launching a rocket into a space and then there's one rocket just to get it up and then another booster rocket that the first rocket falls off and the second one takes it out into the outer atmosphere. He was talking about a person who got into prayer and then inside their prayer, they hit another level of prayer. So many times, all we're doing is outer court praying. And then we run away after we gave God our to-do list. Then we run off to our next thing. And we never get far enough into prayer to get that second win. Some of us, our relationships are like that. Our marriages are only outer court relationships. We always just talking about the small stuff. And we can never get down to the deep, intimate issues that are affecting us. And so, bruh, 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 let me help you. Your wife wants some deep inner conversation. She doesn't want just transaction about the bills and the house and all of that. Sometimes she wants to share her deep, most innermost feelings, and she wants you to share the same with her. Not on commercials at the game. You need some time to get through that first and get to that second. And that's what he's saying in his prayer life. This type of prayer is only mentioned two other times in the Bible. Ephesians 6.18 says that this type of praying earnestly, this praying inside of prayer, was the way we pray for spiritual warfare. And it also was mentioned in Luke 6 and 12 when Jesus prayed all night before selecting the apostles that would be entrusted with his ministry and to bring his ministry of heaven to the earth and to keep his ministry on earth when he went back to heaven. He continued all night in prayer to God. He went into this deeper inner sanctum of prayer. So I want you, first of all, to know that there is a place like that that exists. And second of all, that God's calling you to it. That kind of prayer is what Elijah did that caused heaven to move for the earth. And it brought revival to his region. That's the kind of prayer that as a congregation, if we really want God to do something to affect our community, we're going to have to get that deep and intense in our prayer life. Come on, let's stand. Did this bless you today? Hallelujah. You have a capacity as a righteous person. Thank you. You have a capacity as a righteous person. But it matters what you do with that capacity. If you in your own situation in this deep, stop getting mad with other people. 
when you haven't done your part to pray yourself through certain situations. Now, we can come alongside you. I'm not saying that. Listen, listen. I want to touch and agree with you. But my agreement may be that simple wish. You might still have to be the one to start launching the bricks. Okay? Develop relationship with your spiritual leadership so that when you're in trouble, you can call them and they can pray you through certain situations. It's not because they're perfect. Listen, newsflash, your pastor is not perfect. But God still made me a spiritual authority. And if you honor what he's done in my life, my prayer will move certain things in your life. I'm just saying it will. It just will. Know how to have relationships with your brothers and sisters. Be willing to be vulnerable. Because some things, he just wants you to talk to somebody about it to let your pride go. I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about the, the great general, Naaman, the leper, who needed a healing. And Elijah, he came to the prophet, and because he was all important, he thought he was going to get an audience and get an appointment, and that the man of God was going to come out and do something great. The man of God didn't even leave his office. I see people get mad with you. Let me talk to you as a pastor. People get mad with you when they feel like they all important and you haven't. And he said, I thought he was going to come out and wave his hand. And his servant said, listen, dude, if he had told you to do something hard, would you have done it? But because it was simple but required humility, you, you about to miss your blessing. You about to miss your blessing. He's like, listen, this dirty water down here. Imagine instead of telling somebody to go to the Flint River and get their healing. There's great lakes out there. There's beautiful waters all around the place. And I came here, and he told me to get down in this water that I know is dirty, and I'm going to get healed. Listen, saints, I don't want us to miss the power of prayer just because we don't understand all of the things that's involved in it. Because we only have a hammer. We're trying to make everything a nail when you need a screwdriver for this one, baby. Let God deal with you, right? We are learning together intricate things about prayer. Just, now that, those are small adjustments. But if you try to do one in place of the other, it won't work. Any more than beating a screw into a board is the same thing as screwing it in, right? So we're going to be, we're going to really do this 
and you should be expecting that we're going to have times together that we're going to come together. I'm, I'm leading you up to, to a real prayer campaign, y'all. I'm, I'm leading you up. So make sure you're taking the time to go back and study these things and dig them out because God is really wanting us to know how to be effective in our prayer life. Remember, God is a plan for you before the world began, before any problem, habit, mistake, or misfortune overtook your life. So often we try to get our act together before we come to the Lord. The reality is we can't get our act together on our own. That's why we need to come to the Lord. So while all heads are bowed, eyes are closed, believers are praying, if you'd like to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life so that you can benefit from this amazing plan, i love to lead you through the process. It's very simple. You just believe that Jesus came, that he died, that he rose again just for you and ask him to be the Lord or the ruler of your life. If that's you, would you show me that by raising your hand in Jesus' name? Hallelujah. Well, my second appeal is that um, maybe you um, are a believer, but you've allowed hurts, hindrances, or habits to get in the way. Or the Lord really dealt with you about prayer. I know, and I, I listen to stuff like this and study this type of thing to bring it to you i'm as challenged as anybody i was telling the brothers yesterday that sometimes your pastor can be transactional in his prayer life when god just wants to sit and have fellowship i just want to do business because i feel like i got a lot of stuff to get done and he's saying slow down bro we need to talk so if that's you the lord's dealing with you about your prayer life and you're determined to go from this place would you show me that say lord i'm I see you dealing with me about prayer and I'm going to pray and I'm, I'm going to do things and really be more strategic and committed to my prayer life. I see your hands going up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. You can put your hands down. My third petition to you, and there's only two more. Third is uh, maybe you're a believer, but you haven't received the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We call that a second work of grace. It just says, I'm born of the Spirit, but what I'm born of, I may not be full of. But if I allow him to fill me to the full and to overflowing, he will overflow in my life with power, and he will overflow in my prayer life because he is the Spirit of intercession. So that's you, you believe in God to receive the infilling, the baptism in the Holy Spirit with speaking with other tongues, which is a heavenly language that God allows you to communicate with him. Just show me that by raising your hands. See your hand, amen, I see your hand in Jesus' name. All right, you put your hands down. Final um, petition um, to you is, I love to be your man of God. You know, one of the things that the Lord has charged me to do is to invite people to become a part of the kingdom community. We believe that we can give you truth from the word of God in a contemporary translation that it empowers you to know how to walk it out in your life and that God will help you as you walk um, through the principles that we share with you to find his path, his destiny for your life. If you'd like to get information about membership here, just what, not going to do anything strange with you. Just going to make sure that I know who you are and ask you to come speak to me afterward such that we can share with you about membership and about going through our foundations class and so on so that you can be fully 
um, empowered and engaged um, and in the full part of our King community. If you'd like to know information about that, can you show me that by raising your hand? And I'll just ask you to come see me afterward. Amen. I see your hand. All right. So let's, let's pray. Everybody's praying together. Come on, say this with me. Heavenly Father, I come to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. I believe God raised you from the dead just for me. Thank you for receiving me into your royal family. Heavenly Father, through the blood of Jesus, you have made me righteous. I receive your righteousness. I receive my right standing with heaven. Now, Lord, I purpose to take that right standing and put with it energetic prayer that causes change in my life, in my situation, in my family, in my community, and in my city. I receive that power now. Heavenly Father, I'm asking you to fill me with this precious gift of your Holy Spirit. I fully expect to pray in the power of your spirit in other tongues as your spirit gives me utterance. Heavenly Father, I believe and receive that I'm engaging increase through intercessory prayer in jesus name amen go ahead and clap hallelujah lady nedra's coming forward hallelujah i'm gonna stand here with you hallelujah thank you jesus for that word that inspiration to take our prayer to the innermost course 